60% of our young people are leaving church when they turn 18 years old. You've heard me say that before. Proverbs chapter number 10. And I'll just read a couple of verses for the sake of time. I'm not going to get in a hurry. This should probably be a Sunday morning message rather than a Wednesday night, but it's, it's part of our teaching in the book of Proverbs. We're not going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're just kind of going subject by subject. We looked in chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. When you get to chapter number 10, it changes somewhat. When you get to Proverbs chapter number 10, well, let me go ahead and read a couple of verses and give you our text tonight and our title. Proverbs 10 and verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is heaviness to his mother. I was going to read down through verse number 8, but I think I can just kind of summarize that. If we could go ahead and put the title up, the title tonight is very simply this, What Will Our Children Make of Us? What will our, and that's what he said in the verse, a wise son maketh a glad father. Will our children make us happy dads? But a foolish son is heaviness of his mother, of his mother. And so our title is very simple tonight, What Will Our Children Make of Us? I think one of the saddest things in life would be to live and uh, you know there's a lot of a lot of things that we wouldn't want to face in life I think it'd be horrible to face you know some of some of the things that people have to face the heartaches the the brokenness that so many people have to face this day and hour and the sorrow and the trauma and uh, people face in, in a lifetime, people face things like bankruptcy. You know, that, that seems like an awful thing to have to go through. Uh, sicknesses, cancer, heart disease. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have handicaps that they live with for a lifetime. And all those things, I wouldn't want any of them. I would not want any of those. But, but you know, I think there's one thing that pro probably kind of supersedes all those things in a lifetime to live and to raise your children, and one day your children bring sorrow and sadness and heaviness, what else could I say, to their mom and dad. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. You know, you know someone who their children just didn't turn out right. Well, I want to address a few things tonight, and I'm just going to have to run through the notes. I won't have time to fill anything in uh, for the sake of time tonight. And so uh, when you get to chapter number 10, I was about to say, things change. In chapter number 9, uh, 7, 8, and 9, it's kind of uh, talking to the children a little bit, the young people a little bit. There's messages there. He picks it back up in the book of Ecclesiastes and talks about the youth and the young people and so on and so forth. Warnings, some things, don't go here, don't do that, don't get involved in, in these kinds of things which were in that day and hour, the things of your day and hour would be different. And from chapter number 10 to chapter number 23, there are about 400 things, about 400 warnings that are given to parents raising children. 
examples of things, several of them in this chapter. We'll uh, identify with one or two of them here tonight. But there's about 400 of them that are based on, on this little precept or concept, this little idea about a wise son. Or sometimes it mentions the wise. Sometimes it, I didn't say wives, I said a wise son. S-E on the end. And, um, but it, and sometimes it mentions a wise heart does this and this, and a foolish heart does thus and thus. And so there's about 400 of them in the next 12 or 13 chapters that every parent needs to take time to go look at, and you'll see why when we come to the end of our thoughts tonight. Now, there's a, and some of those it deals with wickedness and wealth and pride and stubbornness and goodness and humility, etc., etc., etc. Now, here's the key thought. Here's some key thoughts in this passage of Scripture. We didn't take time to read it, so you're just going to have to go home and read it or just trust me tonight if you can do that. It, some of the key thoughts are, I, I was going to put wisdom verses, but is wisdom and foolishness is a key thought in this passage of Scripture. Choices and consequences. Life is that way. Life is made of choices and the consequences of those choices, whether they be positive or negative. I'm speaking to parents tonight. Uh, there's also a message here, some thoughts about people who are victorious, and on the other hand, people who become victims. All of these points could be preached. It, it, it speaks in our verse about the, this matter of gladness and heaviness, which is sorrow and trouble. It also speaks about the matters of hope and fear when you get to the end of the chapter. So those subjects are covered, wisdom and foolishness, choices and consequences, victims and uh, victors and victims, gladness and heaviness, hope and fear, and you could probably pick another dozen of them out of the chapter. There's some key verses. Verse number 17 is a key verse. Notice what he said in verse number 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. And so he said that there is a way of life, and it's the responsibility of the parent to help their child find the way of life. And the way that we do that, we give them instruction. We teach them. We train them. We parent them. We mentor them. We do everything that we can. And, and basically what he's saying about this matter of the way, and I have a whole message on that, uh, that, we, that when I went through the book of Proverbs seven or eight years ago, uh, a whole uh, a message on, on just teaching our children the way. And, and basically this is what he's getting at. He's getting parents to look at these 400 issues that are given to us from 10 to 23, and he's getting parents to try to, to, to take those things and, uh, and, 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 and each one of those things teach it to their children and let them understand that if, if, you, lead, if you go this way, if you go this way, you fall off the steps. And if you go this way, you get to walk a little bit further. 
And so basically what this matter of following the way has to do with is what Jesus said about it. He said there's a way that leadeth to destruction and there's a way that leadeth to life everlasting. And so it is the parents' responsibility to make sure that we lead our children in the way of life. See it on the screen. Here's another interesting verse. I love the book of Proverbs, verse number, uh, verse number 11. I believe it is. Verse number 11, yes. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. And so now we have the, the way of life, and we have, secondly, a well of life. Now, I don't have time to get into that tonight. We may look at that at another day and hour. And so now we've looked at the key thoughts. We've looked at the key verses, and uh, here's... A key warning, the key warning. And there's, it's interesting to me that when you get down to this, and he mentioned it uh, in verse number 11 uh, about the, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. How many times he mentions the mouth, the tongue, the lips, the teeth, and words. Let's look at a few of those. Look in verse number 6. Verse number six, blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The mouth of the wicked. He said that again in verse number 11. I'll slow down a little bit. I don't want to get in a hurry tonight. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but the violence, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Now look down in verse number 14. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth, the mouth of a foolish is near destruction. Look at it again. Uh, verse number 31. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut off. He mentions it again in verse number 32. Five times he mentions mouth. He only mentions the heart one time in this, maybe two, twice he mentions our heart in this passage of Scripture. But he mentions our mouth five times. I think we're trying to learn something here. The mouth is mentioned five times. The heart's mentioned maybe two times. I didn't, I didn't write them all down. And so if it's not enough that he mentions the mouth five times, he mentions the tongue two times. Look in verse number 20. <clears throat> verse number 20, the tongue of the just man is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Uh, look again on the tongue in verse number 31. We've already read the verse. If you have your Bibles turned there. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut off. The lips are mentioned five times. In verse number 13, the lips of him that hath understanding, uh, that hath understanding wisdom is found. Uh, look again in verse number 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips. The lips are mentioned again in verse number 13. In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that reframeth his lips is wise. Verse number 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. He mentions the lips again in verse number 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. 
But that's not enough. In verse number 26, he mentions the teeth as the vinegar, as vinegar to the teeth. Look again. Not only does he mention that, we've already read it in verse number 19. And so here, here's, here's the gist of all that. God has something to say about our mouth. Five times he talks about our mouth. Two times he talks about our tongue. Five times he talks about our lips. One time he talks about our teeth. And again, he talks about the words that proceed from our mouth. Turn with me, if you would, in the book of James. In the book of James. Now, I'm working on two messages here tonight, but just bear with me for a moment. Let's stay with this mouth situation for just a moment. James chapter number 3. We haven't been here in a long time. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing, verse number 1, that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, I've been, I told you I've been working on a message on the word offense. Offense. This is part of it, but I'm not going to elaborate on it tonight. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. You're going to offend somebody and somebody's going to offend you. Just got to deal with it. That's all you can do. Just got to live with it. Deal with it. The same as a perfect man is able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also ships, which though they be great are driven and are, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member. It's not as big as your foot, I hope. Hope it's not as big as your hand. Billy Kelly was in a meeting one time and he told the story. He said God was moving and, and they, uh, a lady came down and she said, Pastor Kelly, she said, I, I've been gossiping, I've been lying, I've been doing all these things and I just want to put my tongue on the altar tonight. He looked over at the altar and he said, I think it's 21 feet long. He said, put all your tongue on there that you can't let the rest of it hang off the end. <laughs> That's Billy Kelly. Tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and, set on and is set on fire in hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue, I've, I've seen them tame tigers and lions. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now look at this. I heard Terry Sellers preach these next two verses a long time ago, maybe the next four verses. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, this was Terry's title, these things ought not so to be. 
Verse number 11, Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet and bitter water? Can a fig tree, verse number 12, be, uh, My brethren, bear olive berries, uh, either vine figs, uh, so can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. And so he gives us all these verses. Many years ago, I typed up some 400 verses about what the Bible has to say about our tongue, our mouth, and those issues that flow forth from those two things. And so one of the things that we're trying to learn in Proverbs chapter number 10 is how to control our tongue. How to control our tongue. I, I, I found this, uh, this apparatus the other day. And I couldn't help but bringing it tonight. I said, no, I will, and then I won't. But, but I found this apparatus. It is, it is a big thing. I'm going to see if somebody can tell me the name of it here in just a moment. And uh, it, has a, it has a lock on it. It has a lock on it. And uh, then it has, it has a pin in it. And then it has a bracket on it. And then it has... A brace on it. You know what the name of all of this is? It's called a tongue lock. A tongue lock. That's, that's the name of this thing. And I'm a thinking, there's probably been times in my life that I needed an apparatus like this. Got a pin in it, and a lock on it, and a bracket, and uh, a, a clamp, and all of these pieces are for one reason, to lock a tongue, to lock a tongue. Now, I didn't get that from the dentist or the orthodontist or anything along that line. I got it from a trailer at the house. But when I saw it, when I saw it hanging there, I said, I got to get that. <laughs> I gotta get I'm going to need that one day. I needed it tonight. And so let's, oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. You know, we forget about that, don't we? Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. There's a father up above. You know, there's a part of the judgment of God that is reserved just for the words, the idle words that we say. We need to be careful. Now let's get to the heart of the message from this perspective. We need to be careful what we say to our children. I wonder how many of those 80% of the boys and girls that drop out of church when they get 18 years old, I wonder how many of them in the back of, you know, in the back of their mind they, they rehearse what mom and daddy had to say about the church, what mom and daddy had to say about the things, you know, those families that they go home. And, and I, I, there's not a problem, you know. And so, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I don't know anything that's, that's foreign. I don't, I, my policy has always been you don't wait till, you don't wait for trouble till you preach about trouble. Because you know, you know. And that's always been my policy. So every once in a while, I just kind of run by these things, just kind of, just to remind myself, if nothing else, how much 
how much harm the tongue can do. I wonder how many young people have turned their back on the church, on God, because of the conversation that mom and dad carried on regularly about their church. Now, I know that doesn't happen here. We're the exception to the rule, but in churches, I'm not naive. I know, I've, I've, I've just watched more than one pastor friend of mine, their church completely be destroyed because of that kind of stuff. You can do more harm to your children in in a single conversation than a pastor can correct in a lifetime. Who said that? What did you say, Brother Wilbur? So true. Okay, good. I need a little help right here. (laughs) Got to be careful. They'll grow up like my teacher next door, one generation, the next generation, the next generation, and then there's finally one that has no interest in God. And so we have the message as far as the mouth, the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the words are all concerned. That is the key warning. Now here's the key message. Here's the key message. Train your You'll see it in just a moment. Train your children. We have key thoughts, we have key verses, we have key warnings, and then the key message, and I put it all in capital letters with an exclamation point, train your children. School teachers face it every day. All across the land. They, they face, they're, they're trying to, Their responsibility is to take children who have no clue what it is to be disciplined, to to behave. they're, They're working with children that do not know the word no. They don't understand the word no. They 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 don't have any any concept of of proper behavior and obedience to adults. If I did some of the things that I hear about kids doing this day and hour, had I done that when I was in school, my mama would have tore my bottom up. And yours should have too. Talking, talking back to teachers and, and, uh, and, and uh, it's just, it's just and, and here's what happened. Parents aren't training their children. They're not training their children. Now let me give you three areas. It's 8 o'clock. Let me give you these three areas and we'll pray. Here's what parents are responsible for. They're responsible, number one, their foundation, that is the children. The foundation for the children is the parents' responsibility. Now, I, I... and I'm, I'm feeding off the message that I preached Wednesday night a week ago or the week before that, whenever it was. I don't know who preached last Wednesday night. But I was talking about, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the uh, three areas of learning and, uh, and uh, the parents and the church and school and uh, those kind of things. 
but it is the parent's responsibility. We have a little, I don't have one, I wish I had a copy of our handbook with me, but we have it in all of our publications and, and, um, and um, at Victory Christian School, and we have a paragraph, and it's written in red at the top of the page. I can see it. I can't quote it for you. I should be able to. I've read it so many times. But, um, and, 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 it's, and, and when I read it, I always tell parents, this is not an in-your-face statement, but this is what we expect. And it has something to do with, you know, that Victory Christian School is not um, a, 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 corre- a child correcting and men ministry. Does anybody, can, can anybody, does anybody know that by heart? Tracy, you got it? All right. I'll wait. Da, 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 da. I'm glad it's Wednesday night. This would be awkward on Sunday morning. I may have it. Did you find it? You can just read it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you shouldn't have to put something like that. Parents should make sure they build the foundation for their children. Sadly, we're living in a society that that's not taking place. Not taking place. Here's another one. Their foundation, the foundation, the child's foundation is the parent's responsibility. The child's character is the parent's responsibility. Sometimes that's the grandparent's responsibility. I think maybe a year ago, I don't know how it is this year, I haven't checked it, but about one-fourth of our students are raised by their grandparents or or guardians, about one-fourth. And so whoever is in charge of the child needs to make sure that they instill character in that child. That's why we're having the, the statistics that we were reading to you earlier on. Here's the third one. Their direction is the parent's responsibility. It's not enough to get them ready in the morning and throw them on that big yellow school bus and go, I hope the bus runs late tonight. 
hope Brother King has to, has to change buses twice before he gets the kids home. No. It is our responsibility. Mine for my children. You for your children. Their direction where they go. Now, here's the last thing. This is, this is what can happen. And I've seen it happen both ways. They can take you to the height of joy. What will our children make of us? They can take you to the height of joy or they can take you to the depths of sorrow. And largely, it will be dependent on how you raise your children. You can't wait till they're grown up. Can't wait till they're grown up. Brother Harrelson, come up here a minute. Come here a minute. Philip's not here, is he? Yeah. He's a wayward child. Just stand right over here. Uh, Jacob, you come stand by Brother Harrelson. Where's Cooper? Is he in here? He's in the restroom. We don't have another little boy in here, do we? looking well give me a little girl then Julia you come over here can you act like a boy for a moment no, I'm kidding <laughs> yeah this is uh, I think brother Harrelson's a pretty good fellow I really do I mean I, I he's been working here for 12 years been here 12 years been working and so I think I have a pretty good assessment of his character his foundation and his direction his character his foundation and his direction we trust our kids with him and so he must uh, he must he's a pretty good fellow I mean if I had a son I would be I would be thankful if he grew up to be like brother Harrelson there's Cooper. Come here, Cooper. You can go sit down, young lady. We'll do the ladies next time. Come here, Cooper. Come on. You're not on the track team, I can tell. <laughs> and so if you, want one, if you want your child, Brother, Brother Harrelson's not perfect. I, I don't know of anything well one time he took me out to eat and he didn't take his wallet and uh, first time he said pastor he said I, I, I want to take you out to eat we got to the restaurant and about the time we got halfway through the meal he said I forgot my wallet <laughs> and to let you know that he trains his son well I carried I carried Philip with me the other night to the lounge scrimmage and had a ticket and, and uh, so I, he met me out there and uh, so I gave him the ticket. I handed him the ticket. Didn't have any plans on him paying for the ticket. And I went and got me something to drink. I got me some, got me a little Chick-fil-A sandwich and a drink. And I said, Philip, you want anything? He said, no. He said, I'm fine. I don't need anything. I think they'd already had supper before they dropped him off with me. And, uh, and so I was eating my sandwich. It was pouring down rain. And we kind of hunkered down in a little dry area. And uh, in a minute, he looked over. He said, 
you got any money, Pastor Ward? <laughs> so now he's got a free ticket and a free meal. And so he teaches his son well. But he's a good man. But you know, you don't, that doesn't happen from here to there. It doesn't happen from here to there. It happens from here to here to here. You got to start, and he's a little old to start with. But, you know, he's a good young man. <laughs> he's looking at me, I know something you don't know. <laughs> but, he, you know, if I had a little boy, never had a little boy, had some grandsons and great-grandson now, but I'd like for him to be like Cooper. I'd like to see him stand up there playing a guitar in the, in the, you know. And so you start training here, or maybe here, and you keep on training here, and then this is the result that you get one day. But if you don't do it here, you're not going to, and I, I didn't even say anything about Jacob. He's okay. He's all right. But, uh, by the way, he's, he's a good hard worker. If I had a son, I'd want him to be a good hard worker. Not afraid to work. He's been down here working two or three days this week doing things we didn't get done on our work day. And he's been out there. I can tell him to go pressure wash. I can tell him to go do anything. And he's out there. And he completes the job. I mean, he finishes the job. If I had a teenage son, I'd, I wouldn't mind if he was like Jacob, Asher, and J.D., some of these. I know they're not perfect. You know things about them I don't know. That's fine. That's fine. But I would. But the idea is to train up a child in the way that he should go when he's old. <laughs> He'll not. Come here, Brother Harrelson. Stand over by you, by your boy. When he is older, he'll not depart from it. That's the way it works. It's not just the Sunday school teacher, not just the pastor, not just the homeroom teacher and the, and the basketball coach. All of those have a place, but it's the parents responsibility to give the right foundation to give them the right character and put them in the right direction don't just let your kid go do anything they want to do warn them you got to go in the right direction thank you y'all can be seated let's stand father we thank you for the day thank you for this time together Lord, I pray for our young people. I pray for all of these parents, young parents in our church. Lord, I wish somebody had given me more direction. I, we just we had to raise our children the best we could. The Lord give parents 
the tools, the desire, the wherewithal to train up their children in the way they should go. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name.